and welcome back to Infinite Logic Entertainment. If you've been with us since the first episode, you already know what this show is about. But for those who are new, we deliver updated news on trending topics such as healthcare and technology. Thank you all for tuning in to our second podcast. I'm your host, Henry, and today we'll be discussing the new COVID-19 virus strain with my co-host, Michael. Before we go any further, Michael and I would like to thank you for all of your support since we launched last week. We do our very best to provide you with accurate information so you, too, can gain infinite logic. As of recently, there have been new COVID-19 variants that are spreading in certain areas of the world. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest news about these variants, as well as other impacts of the new strains of the virus. Make sure to stay tuned as we discuss these information. And now I would like to give the floor to Michael as he begins episode two of our podcast. Thank you, Henry. As of recently, there have been two major strains of COVID-19 that are spreading throughout the world. The first strain is a variant called B117 that was detected in the UK in September 2020. This variant has quickly spread throughout the UK and has caused England, Ireland, and Wales to undergo another round of lockdowns. The second strain is a variant called B1351. This strain was detected in South Africa in early October and has caused a huge surge in the number of COVID-19 cases in South Africa. In this segment, we will will be breaking down the two strains, as well as the steps that are being taken to slow down the spread of these strains. And now, I will give the floor to Henry as he gives some information about the B117 COVID-19 variant. All right. Thanks, Michael, for all that information. So there have been new COVID-19 variants that are emerging rapidly. There are no evidence, uh, you know, that these variants cause more severe illness or uh, increase in risk of death. So every time a new virus is discovered, you would expect new variants of the virus to occur over time due to the changes to mutation. Some of, the, some of these new variants have been documented in the U.S. and globally during the pandemic. So what I want to talk about is the, the first variant that was discovered in the U.K. And like Michael mentioned, the variant is called B.1.1.7. <laughs> that sounded like a, a droid name Michael brought it up earlier. But anyways, the variant emerged with an unusually large number of mutation. The variant spreads quickly and easily. This one, uh, there's no evidence that it causes more severe illness or increased risk of death. It was first discovered, you know, in September of 2020. I think that, Michael, that, that was about six months, uh, six or eight months ago uh, after the COVID was uh, discovered, right? Yeah, I think so. Roughly around that time. Yeah, yeah. So the the variants from that time on was discovered and now is highly prevalent in London and Southeast England. It's also been detected in other countries such as the U.S. and Canada. 
the Prime Minister uh, Boris Johnson actually warned that the coronavirus variant uh, that was detected may be about 30% more deadly than previous versions of the disease. Wow, yeah, like 30% more deadly. That's that's really just, wow, it's really incredible just thinking about the, like the potential impact of something like that. Uh, because as we all know, COVID-19 has already been so devastating and now this new variant is like 30% more deadly. So just thinking about it is just, wow. Yeah, and like with all the new viruses and, and stuff, every time that comes out, you know, you would expect uh, other forms or other variants of that same virus to um, populate or, um, you know, affect people. But even the prime minister, Boris Johnson, said that you know, it's about 30% more deadly. So it should be a concern to, to most of us. Yeah, that's that's very concerning for sure. Do you know if there's been any new precautions um, in the UK or even here in the US uh, for possibly containing the spread? And do you do you know if there's or do you know if the virus has spread to any other countries out, um, besides the UK? Uh, well, I think one that there are several things you know to minimize the the spread of this new variant. Of course, we uh, we should be wearing masks having keeping physical distancing you know six feet apart stay uh, have ha- uh, hand hygiene try to quarantine even though that's hard for some of us um, we've been quarantining for about you know a few months now so e- even with these new strands that are coming out quarantine might you know might have to be an option uh, for our long-term options for sure and I know the CDC has also warned about like uh, quote unquote pandemic fatigue and not letting that like prevent us from taking any safety measures. Basically, they've said recently that we that they know it's obviously it's obviously been tough to always be quarantining or taking those precautions, but it's still necessary, especially with all these new variants coming out. So, yeah, that yeah, that, no, absolutely, I, I agree with that. And oh, and to add to that, um, aside from the the UK one, do you know that there's actually one new strain from South Africa? Oh um, wow. Yeah, the, the, the variant is, you know, like, like a joint name now. It's called 1.351. Um, that sounds like a, a pi number, but... So uh, one sounds like a droid name, one sounds <laughs> like a pi number. Right. So I wonder BB-8 how they and 3.14. Yeah, I, don't, I wonder how they came up with these names, though. But you know, a- anyways, um, it, the variant emerged independently from the UK one, and it was actually detected in early October, November, around that time. But with this new uh, South Africa variant, it shares some mutations with the UK one. There are other cases outside of Africa uh, about uh, in regards to this variant, but you know, there's none in the U.S. so far, which is good, uh, I-, I would imagine, because. You know, you know, we've been dealing with the coronavirus and now the the UK strand. So I'm, I'm not sure we can even take in one more strand of, you know, this one, 1.351 strand. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the last few months have definitely been devastating all around. I have read today, though, that there are some minor strands uh, developing in the U.S., so this is also a sort of mutation. Um, this is a new story, so it, it's like just breaking. 
but uh, basically there was a, a new strand of COVID found in an Ohio patient. This was at Ohio State University's medical center. And basically the mutation was is similar to the UK strain, but it definitely arose from a strain already present in the US. And so a lot of scientists are saying that mutations could be occurring in different parts of the world, uh, which is even more scary because if there's multiple, then, you know, it could, I don't know, it could just spread everywhere and get out of control, you know, especially if there's like three or four main ones. Yeah, with all these UK and the, the South Africa one, you said you just found this new article uh, that that was for the, in Ohio, for an Ohio patient. Do you know what it's called? Um, I'm not too sure. I don't think they've given it a name yet. I could possibly look into it more, but this is just a breaking story. I assume for these strains, they would just call it like COVID-19 still, um, maybe just say it's like a regional strain. But I don't think they've, I don't think it's as big as the UK strain, which is why I don't think it has a cool droid name yet. But maybe they'll come up with one soon. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. See, folks, this is why you should tune in to Infinite Logic here. We give you the most updated information as well as any new ones that just occurred, like Michael just mentioned, that they you know this new COVID strain found in Ohio patients. So, there might be more upcoming news regarding that. If there are, there's a chance that we will cover that. But do you know that aside from that one, there's another variant that was discovered in, and I'm not sure how I pronounce this, Manaus? Can you, do you know how to pronounce that, that, that place in Brazil? Like I, um, I, I'm not too sure either. I guess Manaus, like you said, might be correct. Okay, so I apologize if I pronounce it wrong, but yeah, same. <laughs> but the variant is called P.1, and it was discovered in early January. The thing about this new variant, though, is that it may possess a high immunity. I'm not saying that even scientists are not sure if this new variant will be immune to the COVID-19 vaccines. I would assume that if scientists realize that they do have some immunity, the vaccines might get altered in a way where uh, it would reduce that immunity. So in regards to that variant, at the January 12th WHO meeting, an idea was discussed to set up a biobank that would aid studies by housing virus samples as well as plasma from vaccines recipients and recovered patients. I honestly think that's a, a, a good idea to test out all these new variants and see which vaccines they're immune to. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a great solution. Basically just working with the resources the WHO has and just doing their best to help the situation. Although I do have a question though, if a variant has like a high degree of immunity. Do you know if the vaccine companies would have to create a new vaccine or create like some sort of new booster? I mean, with everything else, you know, they, they might alter here and there about the the vaccine. So for instance, there, there was a, um, what was it? A, the influenza virus where it mutates so quickly know that the strain spread around the world each year so you know every year we all hear that we should take the the flu vaccine each year so i guess that's you know one of the ways that we we would control or reduce the immunity 
uh, of the new strain because right now it's new and so scientists are not sure whether they should do like a sheer type of thing or create a new booster like Michael mentioned or anything else regarding that. So I, I think, you know, as virus mutates, we would find a way to combat that mutation. Got it. Yeah, I think what you mentioned sounds pretty reasonable. And that's basically what they did for influenza. That's why we have to get our flu shots every year. So yeah, I think that's probably the solution they'll go for as well. Yeah, and hope- so like people, I mean, right now that the strands are so new that they're not sure what is going to happen. In contrast to that flu virus, the I think the measles virus, it mutates slowly. So, you know, the people that were vaccinated way before are likely to be protected from that vaccine. So I'm, I'm not sure if what the, these new strands are going to hold. I, I saw in, in the Atlantic article, a ecology and evolutionary biology professor uh, named Paul Turner stated that the coronaviruses typically don't mutate very quickly. He doesn't see any evidence that the virus is going to suddenly become like influenza. So I guess that's one of the, the, the sure way to know that it's not going to be as quickly as the influenza virus. Got it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And it's great that, like you mentioned, Professor Paul Turner could give us this insight on this. I think it'll really help us understand the nature of this virus and take the steps to slow the spread and eventually overcome it. Yeah, absolutely. So we have to do like everything we need to to reduce uh, the spread of this. And so like with all these new variants, the, the things that we don't know are uh, how widely do these spread, how the disease from these variants differs from the disease that's caused by the previous ones or the current ones, and how these variants affect existing therapies or vaccines like Michael mentioned earlier. So, you know, the, the CDC, along with other public health agencies, um, they're monitoring the situation very closely, uh, and they'll they'll provide more information as it becomes available. Sounds good. And like Henry mentioned, we'll always give you the most up-to-date information about the situation. Like today, with the new Ohio strand that's developing, Stories like that, we'll, we'll do our best to provide updates. And so if the CDC comes out more updated guidance, we'll also let you guys know and try to deliver that information. Yeah, and so another thing real quick. So I was reading an article on Healthline.com today about these new strands. Dr. Ellen Foxman, a Yale Medicine Laboratory uh, medicine physician, said that she thinks it's highly unlikely that there's going to be a variant that the vaccine completely doesn't touch. So I thought this was very interesting when looking at it because we were talking about vaccines and what would happen if a virus had some sort of resistance or immunity to it. And so this is kind of reassuring that maybe there's not going to be a variant that is fully resistant to the vaccine. That's great news, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's wonderful that you know a, a, a physician at Yale Medicine said what she said. Um, but the, you know the, the thing about that is any new viruses even their variants, if left unchecked, uh, will become problematic and affect public safety. I I believe on January 15th, 
a CDC study projected that you know the U.S. will experience a rapid growth of these variants in early 2021. So even with what Dr. Foxman said, you know we shouldn't take it lightly. We should just keep an eye on it closely and then see if there's any other mutations or you know if our current vaccines are not working. Got it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's sound advice and pretty good advice too especially with what we saw today with a new strand developing in Ohio and the new strands across the world, it is, it is definitely the, uh, best to just, you know, take the precautions, stay safe, and limit the spread as soon as possible. And yeah, just try to stay safe, most importantly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, trying to keep with what we're currently doing, wearing masks, um, hand hygiene, personal distancing, things like that will absolutely limit the, the spread of the new strand. For sure. And if there's any updates on what Henry mentioned with like health guidelines or with any new details about the virus or the vaccine, we'll be the first ones to try to get this out to everyone watching our podcast. Like Henry mentioned, we really appreciate our audience and our subscribers. And we want to deliver the most up-to-date information as best as possible. So yeah, as, as always... Actually, I want to ask you something, uh, Michael. Do you know if these, if these um, new strands have any effect on you know children or and you know eighteen or older? How how are scientists um, figuring this out? So this is actually pretty interesting. Based on a recent report and a recent article by uh, Johns Hopkins Medicine, uh, we're 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 basically seeing an increased number of cases where the new strain is found in children. However, there, there is no convincing evidence that this variant will infect or cause disease in children. So this is an interesting phenomenon, and scientists are monitoring this closely. And so the question that we're probably all asking ourselves is, will there be any other new strains of COVID? And do you think this will really have an effect on children and all of us in general? Yeah, I think the answer would be a definitely yes. Like we were talking about, uh, how scientists will keep discovering new strands and, and things like that. And so I don't think the strands will kind of stop. I think there may be more differentiations um, of the strand or even the mutations. And so, and I'm not sure if the new strands will affect children uh, specifically, but I really hope not because, you know, as deadly as they are, children are more prone. And so, you know, we, we just have to, be careful, stay safe, you know, keep everyone safe and follow the CDC guideline, um, as I mentioned before. So I think that would keep the virus from spreading too rapidly. So yeah, to answer your question, Michael, yes, I think there will be more variant as we discover new things about this coronavirus, as well as potential mutation from the curtain strands. We, we never know, um, but scientists are definitely keeping a closer look at these mutations. Cool. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, th this research and this update by Johns Hopkins Medicine is pretty interesting because if there are an increased number of cases with the strain, the new strain effect, infecting children, that could also pose future problems because a lot of times children are infected in school or in learning environments. And then as a result, um, when they go home, they can, they could possibly infect their family members too. So. It, it, this could be something that spreads quickly if it's not controlled well. 
Yeah, and children they they're more prone since their immune system might not be as well developed as ours or even adults. Um, so let's just hope that you know these won't be as deadly or any new ones. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully everyone stays safe and the states take the precautionary measures to to prevent like a super spreader. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, as we discover new variants of COVID. We will most likely see an increase in the number of deaths as these new variants are discovered. Potential lockdowns might be in place to control the spread. I know that there are other countries that are implementing the the lockdown. For us, we haven't got to that point yet, but we might have to if this these new variants or new、um, strains are becoming more deadly. And we will most likely see virtual learning continues to be a countermeasure to to the rapid spread. Yeah, for sure. I know、um, virtual learning, virtual almost anything is probably going to still continue to be around. It is interesting how you mentioned lockdowns, though. So the new strand of the virus has actually has actually caused England, Ireland, and Wales to undergo another round of lockdowns. And so this is really interesting because it's been very devastating for the UK. And so if it does spread to the US, then something something similar could happen here. So there could be an increase in lockdowns as well, or there might be like a large lockdown to flatten the curve. And so scientists really fear that the strain is going to cause devastating spikes in case counts and deaths. So I think that's the main reason for the lockdown precautions that they're taking in the UK, and we we might have something similar here in the states as well. And then one last thing about the strain: so the CDC is basically scared that the strain could cause a huge surge in COVID cases, and reach a peak of almost two hundred thousand cases a day if no one's really vaccinated, and if it does reach the US. However, the good news is. That the worst case scenario is unlikely, as now all the states have vaccines and people are getting vaccinated. And obviously, if we reach the goal of one million people being vaccinated every day, then the estimated peak number in the U.S. would be cut in half. So that's a, that's something really good and hopeful to, I guess, look forward to. Yeah, and I, I think the、um, the Biden administration is trying their best to get as many people vaccinated as possible. And do you think that might be, you know, a, a countermeasure to all these new strains that are coming out, or you know, get people vaccinated so that we won't face another lockdown? Yeah, definitely. I think the vaccinations will help, and especially if we reach the one million vaccinations a day, then that'll really help. And like the CDC mentioned, it'll cut the amount of cases in half, which is really great. Right. And the question that we we need to ask is, how are we going to approach that? Right. If one million people vaccinated every day, there's gonna be resources that are gonna be consumed. You know, gotta find people to give the vaccinations and then get the vaccination for those people to perform the the vaccinations、um, injections. So, all of these are taken into consideration. I think that that's one of the the biggest question that everyone is asking、um, now is how we're we supposed to find all of these resources to. Get our target of a million people vaccinated each day. Yeah, for sure. And I think once the Biden administration starts implementing their plan, I think we'll have those questions answered. And like we mentioned in our previous episode, we do want to cover the Biden plan、um, once it's fully released and once it's fully implemented. 
So stay tuned. We might have an episode about that in the future. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know we mentioned the new strains earlier, as well as how the vaccine could really fight against the new strains. And basically just, are the new strains resist- resistant to the vaccine in any way? And what we've actually found is, recently, Moderna says that its tests show that its COVID-19 vaccine actually offers protection against the new variants. Although the vaccine is mainly more effective against the variant found in the UK than the variant found in South Africa. But it's still great though that it can, that's pretty effective against both. Interesting that you pointed out because I don't think I've read anywhere that Pfizer says anything about their tests that protect against the new variants. Yeah, that is interesting too because that would also, if, if Pfizer hasn't really done any testing, then would that mean that anyone who has gotten the Pfizer vaccine would have to then get the Moderna vaccine? Oh, that's interesting because I wonder if there's any side effect if people do have to take the Moderna and the Pfizer in order to prevent these being infected by the new new strand. Yeah, for sure. Maybe the reason why Pfizer hasn't done any testing is because it's similar to Moderna and maybe the results are the same. But it's just great news that Moderna's vaccine is protective against the new variants. Yeah, I mean, if any of those information uh, is available, we'll keep you updated. So as Michael mentioned before, as well as we mentioned in the previous episode, that if there's anything changes or anything uh, new with the Biden administration regarding COVID or anything like that, we will try to be the first to let you know about all the information so you can be updated with, with everything. And so that's all we have for this week's episode of the Infinite Logic Entertainment Podcast. All of our podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud, so be sure to check them out. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we encourage you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, as we'll be posting various updates and information. Our Instagram page can be found at ilogical.entertainment. And our Facebook page is at ilogical.ent. We look forward to uh, meeting you on, on our page and you know, provide all the updated information as well as additional information that we're, that we're not covering in our podcast. And so don't forget to join us next week for another episode. We'll be keeping you updated with all of that. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.